0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NBA Strategy Show. I'm Dave and With me, Adam Scher. And, well, this is the first day of a new schedule. Happy to have everybody with us. What that means, I'll tell you. Shorter NBA Strategy Show. We'll still have your regular NBA Live Before Lock, which uh, at this point, especially on a day like today with Giannis and the DeCupo, a little bit of ambiguity there, uncertainty with his status You'll want to tune in for Live Before Lock for sure. But Adam and I are here. We're going to get you ready going up till 10 a.m. Eastern time. And then MLB Strategy Show will take over, followed by, and you'll want to stick around for this one, the first NFL Strategy Show of the season. It'll be Sal Vetri, Ben Rasa, and myself. It's going to be awesome. So we've got a laundry list of shows coming up straight through the 12 o'clock Eastern time hour. Adam, how you doing, man? Football's finally back.
1: Yeah, really excited for football. Obviously, it uh, should be a fun time of year. Football, playoff, basketball, baseball still going on. Uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, after five months of nothing, it's nice to just be inundated with a ton of games. But let's dive yeah. right into it. We only have a limited amount of time. But given that it's two games, I think we'll be okay. Let's kick it off with Miami and Milwaukee. The Bucks, uh, I looked at this last night. Bucks were two-point dogs. They're, they're getting three and a half points now, 217 and a half total. Giannis has still not been ruled out yet, so uh, again, uncertainty surrounding his status. Last game, and let me set the table for you a little bit here. I'll let you uh, run with it. Last game, Giannis played around 11 minutes. Middleton ended up playing all but eight seconds in the second half plus overtime. I, I don't know why he. Came, I, I don't know why he came out. I don't know if it's like shoe broke or something. <laughs> but, uh, he came out for eight seconds. Played 48 minutes in total. Had a monster usage rate, 36 points, eight boards, eight assists. Eric Bledsoe, obviously, a lot more involved in that game as well. We'll start with the uh, the quote unquote home team here with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, another do or die situation. Every single game here on out is a do or die situation, Adam. Uh, and right now, we still don't know what's going on with Giannis. I'm leaning he'll be out, but I, I still don't know. Last game was was pretty discouraging given the given he you know, came in, was already questionable, went to the locker room, came back, took the free throws, then never came back after went to the locker room again. Uh, it was a tough go for him, but they got the W in overtime.
1: Yeah, and Bud said after that game that Giannis was legitimately questionable to play yeah. for for that game. So it's not like, you know, I think at least for me and probably for a lot of people kind of just assumed that it was just uh, lip service that he was questionable and that he was fine. Um, he said that there was a chance he wasn't going to play that game. Then he got hurt. I'm assuming he doesn't play, but obviously we'll, we'll get that news later. Um, if he doesn't play, you had last game, you had DiVincenzo start the second half and start overtime. So my assumption is that DiVincenzo will get the start and become a, a really solid value just based on the fact that it's a two-game slate. There isn't much value, and he's $3,500. Um, but obviously the, the big bumps to go to Middleton and Bledsoe. Uh, since the start of last season, Middleton's played 10 games without... Giannis or Malcolm Brogdon and with Bledsoe uh, he's averaged 1.37 drafting points per minute 32 and percent usage rate 23 percent assist percentage the rates are obviously really good uh, the one concern and it's not that big of a concern given that Middleton is priced for Giannis to be in but it's something you and I kind of talked about after last game I expect it to be totally different for Middleton with the heat having come into this game game plan for Giannis to be out as opposed to last game where they were Giannis to be in. And then suddenly Giannis wasn't. So I do expect them to be play, paying a lot more attention to Middles and kind of have a better plan in place to defend him. So, you know, probably less efficiency, but again, at, at his price point, which doesn't really factor Giannis being out uh, he, he's still going to look like a great play.
0: I'd be pretty shocked if, if Eric's poster doesn't make adjustments, which is yeah. what you're saying here. I'm I'm with you. they they have, they have played Milwaukee really well all series long. Uh, let's for a moment, just assume that Giannis is in, I want to make sure we cover this as well. His, his production in this series definitely has, has lacked at times and in game one, his shot volume was, was way down, but outside of that, I I will point this out. His usage is only down around 1% from the, from the Orlando series to this series, uh, one thing I don't love is in that Orlando series, he attempted almost 13 shots within five feet of the rim per game. This one, he's attempting less than nine field goals per game uh, at, at the rim. But the thing is, you take that—you uh, take that 11 minutes he played last game, and it's really not going to be that far off. So, uh, looking at the box score, looking at the results, there's definitely the, the there's definitely the. The notion that well, you know, Giannis has not played as well, and he hasn't. he He's he's shooting what fifty. He's shot fifty percent, fifty five percent, thirty three percent in these games. Uh, he's attempting a decent amount of of three pointers, which has a lot to do with him his inability to get to the rim. Bam Adebayo's done a phenomenal job of protecting the paint. Uh, if Giannis does play, and I don't think he does. But if he does, does Bud even run him out there for forty minutes? Like, I, Middleton played forty three minutes in regulation last game. It's so hard to see Giannis being able to do that given his current state, unless he heals quicker than anybody else in the world.
1: Right. Sure. It's the, the only way I really get to Giannis if he plays is if ownership is really low because obviously it's a two game slate. If you can get Giannis at you know six percent owned or something, yeah. then it becomes interesting and you're willing to take all those risks, but there is a lot working against him here. And it's not like he's priced down. you know, he's still more expensive than LeBron or sorry, he's more expensive than Davis. He's hundred dollars less than LeBron on drafting. And you have a solid team defensively in Miami. Granted, I think that, like you said, it's kind of overblown how Giannis has struggled here. Like even from a DFS standpoint, obviously he wasn't good in game one. Game two, he was okay. He had 53 points, 60 fantasy points in game three, and then was averaging like two and a half points per minute in his 11 minutes of of game four. So I think it it is a little bit overblown how much he struggled, but it's a tough matchup. You have obviously re-injury concerns. You have... Budenholzer concerns, you know, is he going to say, okay, 30 minutes of Giannis is better than zero minutes, but we, but he can't go full run like you were saying. Um, th- there's going to be a lot of question marks here, even if he does play. So I'd really have to be getting low ownership to to get there um, given all the concerns and also given roster construction issues, because the value is just going to be thin on a two game playoff slate.
0: So, okay. If he's out, where are we going with Bledsoe and Middleton Uh, obviously we have to start with them and we can work our way throughout the rest of this lineup. Uh, You mentioned also that uh, DiVincenzo got that start with in the second half with Giannis out, and that's pretty significant as well. He's 3,500, played 27 minutes in this game, following up on 21 minutes the game before, not going to be a high volume shooter anyway, but uh, where do we go with those three players with Giannis like looking like he's probably trending to sit this game. And and if he does, that means he's legitimately injured because uh, a game game five, as big as a game as you're going to get, you'd really want him on the floor.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he sits, it obviously just opens up the door for a ton of stuff from Milwaukee. You know, touched on Middleton's numbers, and obviously he would look like a good play. Eric Bledsoe, though, in those 10 games um, with Middleton and Bledsoe without Giannis and Brogdon since last year, he's actually averaged more fantasy points per minute than Middleton has. Bledsoe is at 1.44 DraftKings points per minute. He would be... I I like Middleton a lot, but I would actually, given salaries, prefer Bledsoe, especially because I think that Spolsper will adjust to do what he can to slow down Middleton. And, you know, I I think he would rather Bledsoe beat them then than allow Middleton to beat them. So I expect Bledsoe would have more opportunities and he's really, uh, really done well in these situations before. So they would both look like priorities, but especially Bledsoe at his salary. But then, you know, we mentioned DiVincenzo. You also get more minutes for George Hill, who's 4,400 in the second half last game he played about um, eight minutes in the third quarter, nine and a half minutes in the fourth quarter. So it's like 17 and a half, second half minutes. Plus he played all of overtime. Um, he, you know, so he, you're getting a bunch of minutes there. It, it would really just open up so much here. You know, even Brook Lopez has averaged over a fantasy point per minute without Giannis and and with Bledsoe and Middleton. So I, I think that it would turn into a situation where you're just rostering a lot of Bucks guys.
0: Okay. Top options from the Bucks right now?
1: Assuming Giannis is out, Bledsoe, Middleton and then the for the value you're looking at DiVincenzo Hill um or lesser extent Marvin Williams
0: Brooke Lopez has played a ton of minutes over the first uh or over the last two games 38 minutes in that game three loss uh and then 42 minutes in the game Four win he he he's He has been, I don't want to say a huge liability. I think that might actually be a little bit overblown. I was looking this up earlier Uh, in this series. uh, A matter of fact, in the semi or in the, I guess it would be the semifinals. Yeah. In the conference semifinals, there's no team attempting fewer shots within five feet of the basket than the heat only 18 and a half per game. So it's not like they're getting everything they want at the rim. Uh, They've just been efficient pretty much everywhere Does Brooke Lopez stay on the court again for 38, 40
1: minutes in this one? Yeah, I think you get a lot of, I I think you get a bunch of minutes from Lopez. I think that, you know, like I said, he's averaged over a fantasy point per minute. The reason that he kind of goes overlooked, like even when you talk about the team, uh, I didn't really touch on him, is that he's basically priced the same as Bledsoe. And on a per minute basis, Bledsoe projects better. Um, Middleton obviously is the number one offensive guy, if Giannis is out from this team. And then you talk about the value opening up with Hill and De Vincenzo. So it kind of leaves Lopez as like the fifth guy, even though he's also still a good play if you're expecting, you know, 36-plus minutes at, at, you know, around a fantasy point per minute.
0: On the other side of this one, you've got the Miami Heat looking to put the Bucs away. Uh, again, they're laying three and a half points here. I, I think they probably finished this one off, Adam. I don't know where you stand on that. Uh, last game was pretty much the last gasp from the Milwaukee Bucks. They took him down in overtime, but you know, one possession game, it wasn't convincing. Granted, Giannis was out, but it looks like that could be the case again today. Uh, Let's start with Jimmy Butler here. He's been pretty spectacular. Last game was underwhelming. The peripherals weren't there. Uh, And to be fair, there's been a lot of Jimmy Butler statistically that hasn't been as good as I think he's actually played. Um, He's having a phenomenal real life series and a pretty good fantasy series. What do we do with him now that his price is up to eighty five hundred dollars on DraftKings and on FanDuel? You've got him coming in at eighty three hundred.
1: Yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens to his ownership if Giannis is out because I think if Giannis is in, then at eighty five hundred, Bledsoe or Butler looks like a, a really solid option, especially you know because um, him individually, you know, he looks. He looks good at that price. You expect around 36 minutes. You expect him to have the highest or second highest usage rate on the team. He'll be involved as as a facilitator. He has a a, uh, 26.7% usage rate in the series so far. And that that all looks really good. Um, But if you take Giannis out, then you're bumping Middleton, who's at the same price point as, as Butler, you're, you're bumping blood. So you're bumping all these Milwaukee guys. So ownership will go there. It has to come from somewhere. And I think you'll see Butler's ownership go down if that's the case. And I, you know, I I think that it should, like those guys will project better than Butler, but if the ownership falls, he, he works as a tournament pivot because he still obviously has 50 plus fantasy point upside. Like if you take Giannis out, um, Middleton will project better than Butler, but there's still going to be a high percentage of the time that other outscores Middleton. So you'll want to pay attention to the ownership make sure it doesn't get too out of control. It would be a spot to look to where maybe you can go like Bledsoe and the Milwaukee value and then play Butler over Middleton and it'd be somewhat contrarian. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Looked like my connection was a little unstable there. I didn't want to repeat from last week, put you, <laughs> put you out hang, put hang you out to dry again. Uh, so let me see. So we got our ownership update about 15 minutes ago. And do we have, so we have Giannis projected in. So that's, we have to pay really close attention to that throughout the day. Middleton's still projected for quite a bit of ownership. Uh, as it stands, Jimmy Butler getting like 26%, which on a two game slate is not that much. Uh, how do the rest of these, these Miami players f- uh, factor into this? We'll start with another higher priced guy in Bam Adebayo. Uh bought bio. Sorry. Going to get a lot of minutes. He has not been a high usage guy and he shouldn't be. We, we understand that it's never really going to be, you know, a 30% usage Bam out of bio, but he's rebounding at a stellar clip against this box team, double digit rebounds uh in, in three of these four games. He's, he's, he's a good playmaker Bam out of bio. I think underrated in terms of his ability to, to move the ball and facilitate eight assists last game. Uh, and, and also somebody that can get pretty easy baskets around the rim, but you're never going to see him stepping back from 18 feet, 25 feet. Um, is, is he worth paying up for today? Cause he's $8,700 on DraftKings and on Fanduel. Adebayo is a uh, power forward eligible at 85, the most expensive at the position it's getting, it's getting a bit pricey on him.
1: He, he's really come a long way since he was a guy who just got put backs off of his own missed layups. And that was, yep, I remember, staff. I remember, But yeah, so as as far as that of bio goes, he's another one that I think will depend a lot on what happens with Middleton because or with Giannis. Because if Giannis is out, you're just allocating so much salary to this price range. You know, going to Middleton, going a little bit cheaper, going to Bledsoe, um, Butler obviously would get some ownership as well. It would be a lot harder to get to this price point at eighty seven hundred dollar BAM. Whereas if Giannis is in and it's driving Middleton's projection down and it's, you know, kind of a normal game like we've had so far in the series, then Bam will look like a really good play. Um, like like Lafayette said, he's rebounding really well in this series. Uh, usage is around 17.5%, but rebounding percentage is up at 20%. Assist percentage is up at 22.5%. He's been really productive. He's averaging 37.5 minutes per game. Uh, Bam will be a really solid option. It's just a matter of how easy is it to get him into lineups, and, and a lot of that depends on Giannis and, and really – I think that theme holds for the entire Miami team because, you know, you you move past, bam, you get to Dragic at 7,200, kind of the same thing. You know, if, if Giannis is in the Milwaukee team is priced correctly, and there's not a lot to get to there, And so it opens up spots in your lineup to to go to Dragic, who um, is is up there with Jimmy Butler as far as usage goes. Um, So far in this series, Dragic has a 25.5% usage rate, 24.5% assist percentage. He's been really good. He's averaging 35.7 minutes per game. It's a good play. It's just if there's all this value taking up spots from Milwaukee, it's going to to, to be harder to get to Dragic, unless you're thinking like from a relatively low ownership standpoint. So, you know, Giannis really – just is gonna affect everything here. Um especially as far as the mid-range guys go with Butler, Bam and Dragic. I think um, looking, you know, to, to the cheaper guys a little bit, you know, Crowder, Hero, Robinson, even these guys are going to be affected because if Giannis is out, you get the value from DiVincenzo, you get the value from George Hill, and they're gonna look like better value options. If Giannis is in, then you're still talking about probably 34 minutes from Jay Crowder, who had some early foul trouble last game. But um, other than that, you know, you're expecting around 34 minutes from him. He'd be a, a decent option, but his salaries come up to 5,800 on DraftKings. You have Tyler Hero at 5,300. He's someone that I am interested in. He's still closing games. He played 33 minutes last game, including overtime. Didn't play particularly well. I think only had like 22 DraftKings points, but he's going to get the opportunities. He's been closing. He was closing against Indiana. He's closing against Milwaukee. So I think the Hero at 5,300 especially if Giannis were to play and we lose that value on Milwaukee looks like a a good option, especially because the ownership probably won't be too high on him. Um, Duncan Robinson's tough to get to just because he is losing closing minutes to Tyler Hero. Um, Igudala, Olinic, none, just not getting enough minutes to really matter here. So I think kind of to to recap the game, it, it obviously just all depends a lot on Giannis. If Giannis is in Milwaukee is, is pretty much correctly priced and there's not a lot that really looks good to me there. Giannis, obviously, would be a huge risk himself uh, due to re-injury, due to the tough matchup. And, you know, the only real way that I would get there is if ownership's really low. The Miami side, kind of the opposite. If Giannis is in, I think Butler, Bam, both look really, really good. Dragic, to a lesser extent, looks good. Tyler Hero looks good. If Giannis is out, it downgrades Butler and Bam, not because of anything to do with them, just because the plays from Milwaukee are going to look a lot better. So, obviously, a, a ton of news there. Fortunately, it's the first game on the slate. Uh, but, you know, and, and we'll have that news, hope you know, hopefully a while before Locke went, when Luffy and I come back for live before lock later. So, uh, a, a lot depending on, on Giannis there. Going on to the Lakers-Houston game, uh, I have the Lakers as five-point favorites right now, 114 total. Houston, 109. You have the price on Gian- or on LeBron's come up a little bit. 11-2 on DraftKings now, so he's actually $100 more expensive than than Giannis is obviously you should get a competitive game here Houston one game one the Lakers one game two by eight uh, you had LeBron play 39 minutes last game you're expecting 38 to 40 minutes here same goes for Anthony Davis who played 36 last game but typically is going to play in that 38 to 40 minute range both obviously look really good options against a fast-paced Houston team that will look to, to get out and run you'll get LeBron in transition they don't really have a matchup for Anthony Davis, you know, PJ Tucker, obviously strong, and and he can defend Davis in the post, but Davis is is such a good player that he's going to mostly get what he wants. So both of these guys look really good. They'll be easier to get to if Giannis is out because of, of all the value that opens up on Milwaukee. So, um, that, you know, again, just kind of a, a trickle down effect from Giannis, but those are going to be your two priorities. One of the best values on the slate, regardless of Giannis, uh, looking at Rajon Rondo, who in game one played I think 24, 25 minutes. I was a little bit concerned about his playing time in game one because Alex Caruso was in foul trouble and I didn't know how much of that factored into Rondo's playing, but in game two, Alex Caruso played 26 minutes. Rondo played 29 minutes. You saw, um, Cal Kuzma only played 20 minutes. Danny Green, or K- KCP only played 25, you actually had Caruso and Rondo closing over KCP, and Dwight Howard was not in the rotation, JaVale McGee saw Frank Vogel go to a smaller lineup, and, and it gave more minutes to these backup guards with Caruso and Rondo, both playing uh, 25 and and 28 minutes respectively. So $3,900 for Rondo looks like a a great value, obviously not the best real life basketball player. And and you can talk about whether or not he adds value to this team, but he does produce from a fantasy standpoint. And so with or without Giannis and the Milwaukee value, Rondo is going to be a great value uh, option here. You also have some value from Danny Green, from Caruso, from KCP. I would be setting rules not to get more than like two, two or maybe three of these guys in a lineup. Because you know that Davis is closing, you know that LeBron is closing, and then you're basically going to get three of Caldwell-Pope, Caruso-Green, Kuzma-Rondo closing, but um, the the guards kind of do eat into each other a little bit as well. So I, 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 in a perfect world, wouldn't have more than two, but uh, especially if Giannis is in you're going to get most of your value from the Lakers with Rondo specifically, but then also taking shots at Danny Green, at Caruso, at KCP, even Marcus Morris, who played 22 minutes last game. And I do buy into that because, again, uh, Dwight Howard played zero minutes. JaVale McGee played six minutes and 28 minutes in the first quarter. He played one minute, and 33 seconds in the the, the third quarter. So he finished eight minutes. You went small here. It opened up the door for for Marquise Morris to play 23 minutes. So you're getting a lot of value from the Lakers. It's just a matter of kind of how you're going to prioritize it because of, you know, the, wait, waiting on Milwaukee news, basically. So, um, yeah, a lot okay. of that coming there from the Houston side. Obviously, uh, Westbrook and and Harden both playing now. Westbrook's salary keeps coming down. He's down to $8,400. He played 33 minutes last game, expecting him to get around 34, 35 minutes here. Um, He's not as productive, of course, when when Harden plays, but the price point is getting to where Westbrook looks like a, a pretty decent value. Again, especially if you have Giannis in and Middleton isn't projecting as well. Westbrook would project right in that same range as Butler and as, as Bam. So I think that Westbrook looks like a good option, just a matter of how much you're going to be able to prioritize him. Harden, I think will be tough to get to his salary really hasn't come back down since Westbrook came back. And now you have, you know, maybe Giannis, but you also have Davis, you have LeBron. So I think Harden, most of Harden's value will come either just as a low owned tournament play. He was 7% owned last slate, or or as a game stack where you get to him and then get to some of that Lakers value. Um, so I think Lafayette's back.
0: Yeah, how'd you do on your own there? I know it's a short show, but.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, a lot better when I'm not trying to make lineups at the same time.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. My internet was fine. Zoom crashed and wouldn't let me back in. So uh, thanks, Josh. Appreciate you, man. He's always there waiting in the ways to come in and, and help out. Except uh, for
1: last time when I messaged him and said, hey, can you help out? And he <laughs> said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Um, Wrapped up the Lakers was like, just finished talking about Harden and Westbrook.
0: Okay, yeah, the fact that uh, the Lakers treated Westbrook like he had an active case of COVID last (laughs) time—I was amazed by how much space they gave him. Do you think that happens again today?
1: Yes, because for one, sorry,
0: let me rephrase. Do you think D'Antoni allows that to happen again? He was clearly frustrated that this offensive system he built for Westbrook never to be put in that position uh, situation was heavily or it just completely um it it just it fell apart
1: i i think so and the reason uh, kenny smith actually was touching on it last night and i agreed with what he was saying like he was showing um basically you know they were just freeze framing russell westbrook with these wide open threes and his point was you know for you know sometimes you just have to take the wide open threes but basically that that westbrook just has to be better at at kind of his awareness because there were some times where you had like Alex Caruso in the paint and in that case you can still it doesn't matter you're in the paint just go going Alex Caruso other times it's Davis and you know yeah you're gonna have to take that three and obviously Westbrook's not a, a good three-point shooter but to some extent I think it was kind of on Westbrook that he wasn't you know kind of doing it do, doing everything that he, he should have done there so I think that it's still I, I don't think that it's like a foolproof defensive defensive system for the Lakers. I think that Westbrook can beat that. And, you know, I, I expect them to do better here.
0: Instead of just closing this out with, and we can hit on a couple of these individual players to to finish this, but I want to ask you kind of an all encompassing question. I think one that's going to be really important for building lineups today. If you watched last game, you'll, you'll, you'll know why this question is important, but how do you see, How do you see the the flow of this game playing out? So what I mean is at points, the Lakers were doubling hard and they were giving wide open three-point attempts to a Houston team that can usually knock them down with pretty high frequency. In the first half, Houston was missing a ton of wide open threes. In the second half, third quarter specifically, they started hitting all of them. Then it looked like Frank Vogel began to make some adjustments, didn't allow them to penetrate, and also kept it – uh, spread the defense out a little bit more so you weren't dealing with the situation where you had guys wide open for corner threes uh, above the break type threes. Do, do you see Vogel's adjustments being able, do you see them being able to parlay that into another convincing win today? Because there was a totally different story between the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, I, I Jordan, you're not muted. Go ahead. I, I, I
1: think, you know, what, what they did in the fourth quarter obviously worked well. I expect to see more of that, but again, it's probably just something that, you know, kind of changes in game. Like you were saying, uh, you don't want to leave the Houston shooters wide open unless it's Westbrook. Um, but you also obviously don't want Harden to beat you. So, you know, I think you probably just see adjustments again within the game uh, so far for the series. Harden has a 32.7% usage rate, which is down a little bit. So, you know, I, I think you'll kind of probably just see more of, of both.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um... Outside of Harden and Westbrook, do we look towards the Robert Covington's today? uh, The Eric Gordons who played 36 minutes last time out. uh, Daniel House played 27 minutes. uh, And then PJ Tucker, you pretty much all know what you're, we all know what we're going to get from him on a daily basis, mid thirties in minutes. uh, And then once in a while, he'll have a really impressive game like last time and then kind of come back down to earth. But He has not been that bad recently. He's sub 5K, so I figure we can round it out with these role players for the Houston Rockets.
1: Yeah, I think it's another spot where, you know, everything just depends on Giannis here. Um, The the Lakers value, I think, will end up being solid value kind of regardless of what happens with the bucks. Not quite the case with Houston. Like I'm going to be a lot more interested in $4,900 PJ Tucker. If I don't have other value to go to um, he, he's not someone that I'm like clamoring to get into my lineup, but you know, he has looked good. He's really playing with a lot of effort on the offensive end. You're seeing him kind of just duck under people and they come up and get offensive rebounds. And, and he's looked really good. Um, Daniel house at 4,100. I think, you know, again, he's going to get some open threes because he's not someone that the Lakers are going to really scheme to you know not get the ball. So uh, if he's going to play 26, 28 minutes at 4,100, he's going to be a pretty decent value. Jeff Green would be someone where you're not expecting much out of him because the minutes have kind of evaporated again, but we know that he's capable of having those games where he just kind of goes off and takes over and there's nothing stopping him from stealing minutes from any of the guys ahead of him in, in any one particular game. So he would be you know, kind of similar to like the Norman Powell that we talked about yesterday, where he's probably playing around 20 minutes, but if he's playing well, uh, where the guys ahead of him get in foul trouble, he can play more and really break a slate open. So I think that, you know, those are guys that you'd be looking at in tournaments if there's not better value. But if you have DiVincenzo, if you have George Hill, you're not going to be as inclined to go to, to Tucker and, and Green.
0: And uh, close it here. Do, do you agree that Rondo should be the highest owned player on this slate coming off of that big game last time out?
1: If Giannis is in, yes. If Giannis is out, still wouldn't say no just think that there's obviously a lot more competition for that but um, yeah I mentioned it while while you were gone but I am a lot more confident in Rondo now than I was going into game two because in game one you had Caruso in foul trouble so I wasn't completely sure what Vogel's plan was when Caruso's not in foul trouble but then last game you saw them go small play a combined eight minutes between JaVale McGee and Dwight Dwight Howard who played zero Um, so you got those smaller lineups where Morris got more minutes but also you just had more of Caruso and Rondo playing alongside each other so I am confident that that's the route they're gonna go and that the minutes are gonna be there for Ronda.
0: Okay. We might have to make this like 45 minutes or something. The 30 minutes is is pretty short. So we'll figure that out. I know it's only two games, but uh yeah, you can get a little long-winded here trying to break these down and and touch on everything from each game. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Thanks for bearing with us during those technical difficulties. Josh Engelman, appreciate you. Uh coming up next, it's the MLB Strategy Show. Uh and NBA strategy or sorry, NBA Live Before Lock. We'll be back today, f- 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time. No, that's wrong. It'll be back at 5.30, right? 5.30? 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. A full hour here. And then uh, MLB Strategy Show at 6.30. But coming up next, you got Jake Hari and Terry McBride taking you up to 11, where the NFL Strategy Show... The inaugural NFL strategy show for the 2020 season kicks off with myself, Ben Rasa, and Sal Stick with us right here on the AwesomeO.com YouTube channel. We'll see you back here soon.